Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me this morning, if you would, to the book of Genesis. Let's go to Genesis chapter 11, verses number 31 and 32, and we'll go right down to Genesis chapter 12. Amen. When you get your Bibles, Genesis chapter 11, verse 31, just stand to your feet for the reading and the reverence of the word of God. Amen. <clears throat> How many brought your Bibles this morning? How many brought your smartphones with your Bible on it? Praise God. Amen. Genesis chapter 11. Verse 31 and 32. Before we get started, just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. I am here, but I'm here on purpose. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I am here, but I'm here on purpose. Hallelujah. 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 Verse number 31, chapter 11 in Genesis. And Terah took Abraham, Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, the daughter-in-law, his son, Abraham's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years. And Terah died in Haran. Verse number 12, chapter 12, verse number 1. And Terah, now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land where I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Stop right there just for a minute. We're always wondering, Lord, how in the world what are you going to do to all those that are cursing me? Well, the thing about it is, is we try to do something about it, but when we're at God's will, guess what? Come on, somebody. When you're in God's will, guess what? You ain't got to worry about it. Because he said he'll bless those that bless you. He'll curse those that curse you. And, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then, Abraham, then, then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan, so they came to the land 
of Canaan. Father, we ask you to bless this word this morning. You begin to move. Heavenly Father, your word is blessed. But bless the preaching this morning underneath the anointing. Let your power begin to move. And Father, set them free in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. You may be seated. Give me a little bit of your time this morning. I know we got food already out there and ready to go. Praise God. And I'm so thankful for what God is doing. And I'm so thankful for all the, I did something. Help me, Jesus. There we go. Whew. Smartphone's too smart for me. <clears throat> Amen. As I begin to, uh, to think about all the good things that God has done, it took me a long, long time, and I still hadn't got through them. Because when I think about the goodness of God, not just when I got saved, but even before I gave my life to God, and I realized how he had blessed me because of the prayers that had been handed down even before I came. And some of you are a product of a grandma or a mama or a daddy or a church that has prayed for you and prayed you into the place where you are right now. You didn't just get here because you're smart. But you got here because there was somebody praying. Maybe, may, maybe just a few months ago or, or, or a year ago, whatever, Life Changes Church would have been one of those churches that you'd have thought, mm-mm, too loud for me. Mm. I ain't going there. That preacher screams too much, and, and, and the praise team play all this music. No, and they, 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 they say stuff in funny languages all the time, and people are falling out, praise God. And No, not for me. I just want to be cute. And now you find yourself sitting here and, and, and you think, how did I get here? But I believe that you're here on purpose. And I believe that you're here because you're a product of somebody's prayers who prayed you into a place where you are right now. And when we look at this story, this is a, 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 a absolute wonderful story about God calling Abram. And we know Abram as the father of many nations. Come on, somebody. He is the father of many nations. He is the father of faith. And Father Abraham, anybody remember that song? Had many sons and many sons. I know I can't sing. Hey, y'all's all been saved. Praise God. And we see Abram or Abraham, he, he, he's Abram here because he hadn't fully come into the covenant place with God to have a name change. I don't know about you, but when I got saved, the Bible said that my name changed and the Bible said there's a brand new song in heaven that's never been sang. Woo. There's a lot of songs being out, praise God. Jeremiah was a bullfrog, y'all remember that? Praise God. Uh, there's a lot of songs being out. Uh, praise God. And a lot of people sang a lot of songs. Uh, but the Bible said that there is a song uh, that has never been sung, uh, that is never heard by mortal ears. Uh, that, that, uh, praise God. Uh, that, that, that 
that God has just for you. Praise God. And so when you understand that Abram hadn't come into the covenant yet because he's in a place. But when I read a context of a story, I had to understand I had to go and dive into it. Anybody ever dive into the word of God? I had to dive into it and look at it. Praise God. And so when I read this story and I put them together because we got chapter 11 and we got chapter 12, but the Bible wasn't written in chapters and it wasn't written in verses. That's just so you could kind of split it up so you could study the word of God. But it was just written. And so when you see this part of where the Bible said, praise God, that there was a guy by the name of Terah. Hallelujah. And that was Abram's father. And Terah is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. But God told Terah to get out of your land and go to the land of Canaan. And Terah got his family. And he got out and he got to the place of Hera. And he stopped. Listen, listen. God didn't bring you this far for you to stop. God didn't bring you this far in your life. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't speak to you and, and, and say, come this far. You almost made it, praise God. He spoke to you and said, come on all the way. And so when I look into this, I realize, and for something, the Holy Spirit dropped into me, and I'm thinking, could it be, could it just be that God wanted to make a covenant with Terah, but Terah stopped, so he took Abram. Well, I ain't never heard it like that before. Well, good. But the Bible said that he got the word first. And he said, go to Canaan. And on his way to Canaan, he stopped. And I come in here to preach to somebody and tell you that you're here on purpose. There is a purpose for it. But there's greater and there's more. And you can't stop because it gets comfortable. You can't stop because you're tired. You can't stop because you think, well, I've traveled a long ways. I'm just going to stop here and just hang out. And the Bible said that he stopped so long that he died. You know, there's a lot of people dying before they get to that place. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of people dying. They're, 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 they're absolutely dying before they get there. Do you think that God really wanted to deliver all the Israelites out of Egypt to bring them over into the desert and get them into the place and then them die? God wanted to take them all the way, but because he's seen their hearts and because they got hard-hearted and because they got to a place in their life where they thought, you know what, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I, I thought being saved was going to be fun. I didn't know I had to fight a battle all the time. I didn't know that I had to be aware of devils surrounding me. I didn't know that I had to watch my TV and make sure that nothing inappropriate. Uh-oh. Is that too hard of preaching? I didn't know that I had to make sure that my kids wouldn't listen to the wrong music. Oh, I'm about to get Pentecostal wholeness in this place. I thought getting saved was all going to be a bed of roses and everything was going to be all right. I didn't know that I had to guard everything. I had to watch everything. Whew, preacher, I'm wore out. I don't know what I'm going to do. Every time I come to church on Sunday, I have to fight hell on Monday. Well, here's the thing about it. Salvation is one of those things. And yes, you got to be on guard, but I need to tell somebody, somebody say, listen to him. I need to tell somebody that in this plan of salvation is called grace. And inside of grace, you don't have to fight anymore. All you got to do is speak. 
Come on, somebody. I need y'all to hear me this morning. You ain't got to fight that hard anymore. You got to speak. And yes, there are going to be some times when you feel like that you're wore out. It's because the enemy is badgering your mind over and over and over. But the Bible said that when you've done all you could do to stand, then stand therefore on the word of God. And there are times in this place where you have to stand. But while you're here, praise God that you made it here on purpose. There's nothing more confusing than somebody saying, how did I get here? But when you are one of those people where you look around and you say, yes, I'm here, but I'm here on purpose. Come on, somebody. I'm here on purpose. And the Bible said that, uh, that, 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 that Terah led his family because God spoke and said, I want you to go to the land of Canaan. Now, you got to understand they come out of the Chaldeans. You got to understand they come from the land of Ur because a Hebrew wasn't somebody that was born into a nation. A Hebrew was somebody who believed that they was God's Hebrew people. And so, and so God looked down and he took a group of people who was pagan and serving other gods and worshiping other gods. And God looked down and said, you know what? I'm about to do something nobody's ever seen anymore. I, I'm about to call on a person just like I did Adam and I made him. God said, now I'm going to make covenant with a man and with a group of people. Everybody else don't understand it, but I'm going to pull them. I'm going to call them and I'm going to make them who I want them to be. So when you look around at your neighbor beside you and you think, I know what they used to be. <clears throat> I used to go down there and shoot pool and drink with them. I got saved. I wonder if they did. <laughs> Come on, somebody. What do you mean you wonder if they did? Come on. God took, God took a man out of a nation they were serving other gods and he spoke to them and he said I want you to go to Canaan because there in Canaan I'm going to give that land to you. It's better land than you have ever seen and it's greater than you've ever seen and I'm pulling you out and so the Bible said that Terah began to move and he brought his family and from where he was going from the land of Ur to Canaan was about a thousand miles and he made it about 400 and something miles he only had 600 miles to go, but he got to Hera and he stopped. Isn't it funny how sometimes when God begins to speak, I don't even where to go, praise God. <laughs> Sometimes when God just begins to speak to us, to a place, and yes, and God shows us. I need to tell somebody that when I first got saved, God showed me a vision of what was going to happen and what was going to take place. And I've seen uh, parts of it, and I've seen things that God's doing. But I'm telling you right now, when Anna started singing that song this morning, and it said that he don't lie to me, I started thinking about all the things that God already spoke that was going to happen, and I haven't seen it yet and it broke me. I stood there raising my hands and thanking God for a God that doesn't lie. I'm on my way and I'm here, but I'm here on purpose. I'm not here because I stumbled in. I'm here because I'm on my way. There's a better. There's a greater. They're all going to get saved. Come on, somebody. They're all going to come to Jesus. We're going to see revival that's going to break down the wall. I started just thanking God, he don't lie to me. 
He told them, I want you to go to Canaan. I'm going to give you a land. And Terah took, and he took his family. He got to Hera. That word Hera means mountain. Has anybody traveled, traveled along your journey, and you come up to a mountain, and you faced a mountain, and you thought, how in the world am I going to get past this? God, if you told me I was going to do this, then why is this in my way? A lot of people get on the track for God and they start doing things. All of a sudden they get saved and everything's going hunky-dory. Next thing you know, praise God, now they've got a, now they have relationship problems. Now the kids turn teenagers and ain't going crazy. And now things happen. Then they lose their job. Praise God, then a car gets repossessed. Praise God, maybe, maybe I'm talking about myself. I don't know. Praise God. But, but, but you get in that place and you know that God says, this is where I want you to be. Me and Anna was full-time evangelists for several years, preaching 300 days out of a year. And we preached at a little church in, in Sulphur, Oklahoma. Actually, this church was running about 200-something people. We preached a revival there. And we got done with the revival. The preacher called me, uh, called me at the end of the service, and he said, he said, hey, will you come here and be my youth pastor? And I said, well, probably not. And he said, well, pray about it. And I said, I ain't going to pray about it. And he said, okay. And I, I said, but I'll come back and preach a revival for you. He said, okay. So we're traveling down the road, and I was going down the road. My wife looked at me, and she said, you're thinking about it, ain't you? And I said, for some reason, I feel like God is calling me here. Come on, somebody, listen to me. I feel like God is calling me here. And she said, well, if God tells you that he's going to tell me and we're going to walk together and praise God. So the next day I said, God say anything? She said, no, no. So about a week later I said, God say anything? She said, no. I said, okay. So it was just a few weeks later, all of a sudden we was talking and all of a sudden God laid in both of our hearts and we said at the same time, we love that church. And so, and so the pastor called me just, 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 just not long afterwards, and I said, okay, this is what I'll do. He said, he, he said okay, here's what I'll do. He, he, he said, the church will pay $100 your rent and give you $200 a month. I said, I wish I hadn't said I would. But listen, I done said I would. So I looked at Anna, and I thought, well, what are we going to do? And she looked at me and she said, well, we've, we've always lived by faith. Why not keep living by faith? Come on, somebody. <laughs> and when we got there, I realized that I was there, but I was there on purpose. But what had happened is just a few months after I got there, uh, praise God, we, we uh, <laughs> because uh, that, uh, that was the year that we started youth camp. Uh, I didn't know that God wanted to put youth camp in us. It would go 17 years uh, and strong. Uh, but God said, in order for me to get the youth camp out of you, uh, I need to get you in a position where you're staring at youth. Uh, and so there I'm at that church. Uh, I, 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 I'm talking 80-something thousand dollars a year on the road, uh, preaching uh, in nine states, 300 days out of the year. Uh, praise God, two vehicles, buying a house. Glory to God, everything moving up. And now all of a sudden, God's got me here. Come on, somebody, tell your neighbor, say, I'm here, but I'm here on purpose. 
So we got there. When we got there, praise God. I mean, everything was going good. People was blessed. Things was happening. God was moving. All of a sudden, we started to use camp. I got a month behind on my pickup. I got two months behind on my pickup. Anybody been there? And so we was out the door going to our first youth camp. And this guy pulls up in the record. And I said, whoa, hey, dude. <laughs> Unhook from that. I'm saved. And I can get unsaved. <laughs> he said, sir, they sent me down here because there's, he said, you're going on three months behind. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, God, you called me all the way up to this place. And I feel like that I'm here and I feel like that it's on purpose. But it don't look like it. I am blessed. You said I would be blessed coming in the city, and you said I'd be blessed going out of the city. You said I was the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. Heavenly Father, you put that in me, and I'm standing here being in your will. I'm walking in your promises, and I feel like I should be here, but I don't feel like it's on purpose. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. And God said, just be still and know that I am God. I stood out there on the side of that road. And the pastor of the church drove by. He had his arm out the window, and he slams on his brake. And he said, hey, brother, what's going on? I said, they're taking my truck. He said, hang on. He come back. He, he come back, praise God, and paid the full deal for the truck. And I, I, I know it's one of those deals that, that I'm thinking about. I don't want to owe nobody anything. I don't know what's happening. He said, get down there, and you get that youth camp, and you preach them kids happy, and you build what God told you to build. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you something. Just a, just a few months later, youth camp began to take place. And it went not only three days, but it went two weeks. I'm talking people saved, slayed out in the Holy Ghost. Youth moved. We took it from youth camp back to the church, and it still went. It sparked a revival inside the church. They went three more weeks after that. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you right now that when there is a mountain in your way, that's not when you stop. It seemed like a good place to stop. Seemed like a good place just to throw my hands up and say, well, uh, you know what? Uh, I knew I heard God, uh, but evidently maybe I didn't do something right. Uh, that's the first thing the devil tells you. Well, no, God told you, but you didn't do everything right uh, because you ain't good enough. Uh, well, you done this. Uh, well, you done that. Uh, well, you played this. Uh, well, you got over here. Uh, and before you know it, we beat ourselves up uh, and we think uh, we're not good enough. Uh, we're not good enough to, to, to fall into that. Uh, hallelujah. But God wants to move you further I remember on evangelistic field somebody walked up to me and they said they said you know what I see a pastor in you and I wanted to tell them you know what you're a lying wonder too because I lived in a pastor's house and I ain't no pastor I, I don't cut out for it I just show up blow up and leave I don't have to mess with none of them. Praise God. And so God got me over to this church. I become youth pastor. Two years later, praise God, I stepped over into into a church and became pastor. Come on, somebody. You better thank God for that little church or I wouldn't be here today. Hallelujah, being your pastor. But at the same time, we have to understand that when God calls us and on this journey, sometimes there is places in your life where a mountain will show up and that's not where you start. If God said go to Canaan, then you better go to Canaan and don't rest on the way. You got some people, everybody say I love the preacher. Everybody say it again, say I love the preacher. 
They'll come to church for two years straight. I mean two years straight, never, ne never miss a beat. Say I love the preacher again. And just, and just at the moment, praise God, will you pull them out and put them into a position? All of a sudden, they're sick all the time. They can't show up. I can't go there. Well, I know I'm here to do this, but I just can't. Oh, it got quiet. Praise God. And it seems like because when God puts you on a place, there's a mountain shows up. And we want to stop. And we want to hang out. And we don't want to go any further. But when I look at this scripture, I realized for the first time that it wasn't Abram that got the word. It was his father that got the word. And the reason why I know his father is important because he's in the genealogy of Jesus. Jesus spoke to him. So Abram become the second choice. I'm not scared of that. Jesus is the second Adam. Come on, somebody. We all know that the promise is fulfilled in the second. And Jesus said the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So you can call me second if you want to, but I'm still God's choice, and I'm still moving on, and I am in this place, but I'm here on purpose. I'm here on purpose. Let me tell you something. Every step of your way, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, where you're fighting battles, and you're trying to realize, and you're trying to see, how did I get here? What, what am I doing? Why did I take this journey? Why did this have to happen in such a time like this? If there's a mountain in front of you, don't stop. If you stop too long, you'll die. <laughs> I've seen people do that. I've seen people stop too long. And you know exactly that where you're at is not where you're supposed to be, but you're there on purpose and there's more. I'm talking to somebody this morning where you know that there is more. God's called you to do more. He spoke into your life to do more. This is not where it is because inertia sets in that place of comfortable and you get comfortable and you get comfortable dwelling and you think, well, I'm tired of traveling. I'm tired of going here. Maybe, maybe I'll just rest here for a little bit bit but when you stop and rest for a little while Satan comes in and you heard your grandma or your grandpa say out of hands is the devil's and when you stay too long when you rest too long when you set still too long when you get to the place where you're so comfortable that you think everybody say I love the preacher I know y'all smelling that turkey this morning, but hang on with me. When you get to the place where you think, I've been to church for so long, I know exactly how to do it. I don't need to read my Bible every day. I don't need to show up to a prayer meeting on Tuesday morning. <laughs> we started prayer meeting Tuesday morning. Praise God, when we first got here, we was over in the other building starting prayer meeting on Tuesday morning. Amen. Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. And I said, Lord, if we start Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, there's a lot of people not going to be short because they're going to work. And he said, I didn't tell a lot of people to do it. I told you to do it. Well, I want everybody here. Well, you don't need everybody there. 
Come on, listen, listen, listen. There are some things as God tells you to do, and praise God, some people get to come in on Tuesday morning, and, 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 and that is absolutely wonderful, and that's great. But I don't show up here on Tuesday morning and think, well, where's everybody at? Well, ain't nobody here. I'm just going to go home. There's been times when it just be me, the, the, the Lord, and the Holy Ghost, and I come in here, shut the doors, and had me a good one. Come on, somebody. Because when God says to do it, don't sit there and get comfortable and rest. We can't rest. We got to keep moving. The Bible said to Abram that when his father had died, the Bible said, now the word come to Abram. Let me just throw this at you just for a minute. Maybe you think you're in the shadows, but God's watching you. Maybe you think you're just one of those uh, that you're underneath somebody great uh, or a great singer or a great teacher uh, and you're under the shadows uh, and, 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 and you feel kind of left out. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. The calling's coming to you. Look at your neighbor and say, the calling's coming. If there hadn't never been a Moses, there would have never been a Joshua. And even God had to speak to Joshua and tell him, hey, my servant Moses is dead. Now get up and move forward. Because inside of that, maybe some of you are sitting here this morning and you're here and you're here on purpose. But at the same time, you feel like you're sitting underneath something, uh, somebody's shadow. But God is calling you and saying, I want you. Because when God wants you, he calls you at a time when it's not comfortable for you. When God wanted me, you know when he called me? Saturday night, right after we had a, a, a boot scooting time on Friday. And God called me, and I thought, well, this is a crazy time to call me. I was drunk last night, and I'm by halfway hangover tonight. And I, I, I don't know, but I walked into that church on Saturday night and give my life to Jesus. Come on, somebody. God's, God doesn't call you when it's comfortable to you. God calls you when it's his time, because his time is the greatest time. And when you're on his time, the devil can go back to hell, because God's called you, and God's going to move on you. And God's going to break things in your life. Now, don't you think that would have been a, a horrible time? Here, Abram was sitting there, and his daddy said, come on, boys. We're going to go into the land of Canaan. And so they get to Hera, and they stop. And when they stop at Hera, praise God, I, I, I I just began to go back and look at that. And Hera was a nothing, but it was one of, 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 of Terah's sons. And so he named the place Hera, and it became nothing. But they stopped there so long that it growed into a town. Did you know you can stop at a place so long and it looks like it's blessings? Whew. You can be at a place so long you can think, well, this ain't so bad. I feel good about this. God's really done something great in my life. You can get to a place in your life on your way to where God said and stop and it begin to grow. And why it's growing, you think this is it. Let me tell you right now, if you stay there too long, you'll wind up dying. If God said go to Canaan, you better go to Canaan. <laughs> So here's Abram. He's following his daddy. He's sitting there. 
his daddy dies. Then God speaks to Abram. He says, Abram, get up. Get your family. Get away from everybody you're comfortable with. Hey, sometimes that's a blessing to get away from family. Some of them anyway, some of them. I want you to go to Canaan. It's a land I've spoken to you. And the Bible gives a specific time. You got to, re- you got to see what God's doing. He said that Abram was 75 years old. He takes the call. And God said, I'm going to bless you. The greatest blessing God could bless a man with is a man child to carry on his name. He said, I'm going to bless you. Listen, listen, I'm not going to preach this this morning, but listen, it wasn't until 25 years later when Abram was an old man that God gave him his promise. Listen, some of you, God just spoke to you last week. <laughs> and, 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 and six days went by and you're like, God, where are you at? I don't know what I'm doing here. How's this going to happen? You really going to say my husband, he's drunk today. How are you going to do this? One lady showed the revival, and she said, I've been praying for my husband, and I've been praying for my husband. Praise God, R.W. Shambach told this story. She said, I've been praying, and I've been praying, and I've been praying. And R.W. Shambach said, ma'am, let me tell you something. He, 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 said, he said, I'm going to take this uh, prayer cloth. He said, I'm going to anoint it, and I'm going to pray over it, and we're going to give it to you. Praise God, I want you to take it home and give it to your husband. She said, I don't want that prayer cloth. She said, I brought some M&Ms. Anoint these and pray over these. He said, why? She said, because he sits in his lazy boy every Saturday morning and watches football and gets drunk. I want him to eat these M&Ms and be anointed by God. He said, whatever. He anointed them. She wrote him a letter, and she said, you won't believe it. My husband's eating them M&Ms and watching football and getting drunk, and I heard him scream. I run into the front room, and he's fall down on his face, and I said, honey, what's wrong? He said, I'm lost, and I need a Savior. I want to be saved today when God calls you into a place God anoints that place but if that's not where God said to dwell and stay you better not curse God and curse the people around you you can't stay too long I don't care if it's grown into a city or not you better get ready to listen to what God's saying Abram, now, get up, get your family, and go to the place of Canaan. Now, you got to understand, this is a family who they've done nothing but serve pagan gods. They've done nothing but serve golden images. Matter of fact, the Chaldeans, the land of the Chaldeans, uh, or the Chaldeans and, and the land of the earth was the land where they sacrificed unborn babies. 
abortion. You can track it all the way back to one of the first people who practiced abortion. And they gave it to their God because they wanted their God to forgive them of their sins. And so they took an unborn child. And so this is a guy that God pulled out and said, I'm going to make a promise with you. I'm going to change the way you think. I'm going to change the way that you're doing. Life is going to be precious. And you're going to know me. And I choose you. And everybody underneath you, if they follow you, they'll be blessed. If they curse you, then I'll curse them. Come on, somebody. we got to quit trying to follow the crowd. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, the crowd's gotten crazy. It's gotten to a place to where the more voices that call out, most people think that's God. We have to understand something. It's not the one that cries the loudest. It's not the one that has the most inside them. It's what God is saying. And if God has called you, look at your neighbor and say, God's called you. Look at your other neighbor and say, God's called you. And you listen to him. Pastor Anna, come to please. You listen to him. He's called you into a place of your life. You better watch out. You're going to get slapped, and I can't help you. <laughs> He's called you. And you are here. Listen to me. But you're here on purpose. And I believe there's a greater place in your walk with God than you can go. You can't just come in and say, well, I just want to get saved and go to church and that's it. Honey, that's a sad way to live. You got to want more. You got to want more than just your name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Well, preacher, you know, somebody told me I had to have the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. That, that you don't, yeah, listen, the only thing you got to have to go to heaven is the blood of Jesus Christ. It was good enough then and it's good enough now. You need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. Them people crazy. Now, I want you to get the Holy Ghost. Praise God, I want you to have it. It's a gift that God gives you. It gives you power over the power of the enemy. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying things that the devil don't even know about. You're reaching heaven automatically. You're praying in the Holy Ghost, and God's sending angels, and the devil's just falling down, thinking, what in the world's going on? But God's called you to a place. You got to go deeper. Listen, you can't just get to a place and stop. You got to go deeper. You got to increase your territory. God's called you greater. And just because you're at a place where you've been there for a little while, listen, somebody hear me this morning, hear God's voice. Don't stay there. If you stay there and comfortable too long, you're going to die. Don't stay there. Go deeper. Go further. Reach more people. God saved you because he knew you would become the mouthpiece for him. The people you work with, they need to hear about your Jesus. 
your family members that are not saved. They need to hear about your Jesus. Well, preacher, you just don't know how hard it is to talk to family members. You know why it's so hard to talk to family members? It's because them family members have seen you upset. They've seen you mad. Come on, somebody. They've seen you do things that is not right. And so, and so when you start to talk to them, the devil say, well, you ain't even right. You're a hypocrite. And so you shut up. You know what you got to do? You got to tell that devil, get thee behind me in the name of Jesus. Because the Bible said that it was because of the faith of Abraham that God moved him into righteousness. And when you have faith, that means you're right standing with God. And righteousness is not a spiritual term. It's a legal term. I'm righteous. I'm next to God. I'm God's son. I'm God's daughter. It's not because of what I think I can do. It's what Jesus did for me on Calvary. He removed my sin debt and now I am free. So, so pick yourself up. Quit wallowing in your, in your mess. And tell those around you, this is my Jesus. He loved me. He loved me when I wasn't lovable. He found me when I wasn't worth finding. And he saved my soul. And he moved mountains just for me. I'm not just here. Oh, I love this. I'm not just here, but I'm here on purpose. Stand to your feet all over this building. I'm not just here, but I'm here on purpose. Everything's falling apart. Things just went crazy. But I'm here on purpose. you are doing here in 